Hawks Nation, what is going on? Welcome to another episode of the Hawks Fan TV Podcast. I'm your host, Mac, joined by my co-host, Alex, and we are so excited to be here with you this week because we're excited every week, but this week is is a fun week for Hawks fans. We're on a three-game winning streak as we record this episode here on November 2nd. Uh, our last three wins come against the Bucks, Timberwolves, and the Wizards. We uh, averaged 128 points in those games, so that's Pretty, pretty darn good. Quinn's offense is definitely rolling right now, and uh, things are looking good, man. So, Alex, how are you feeling? Hey, you know, you can't complain too much, Mac. You know, a, a rough, shaky start to the beginning of the season going 0-2, which is unfortunate. Looking back on it, we honestly should be 5-0. and um, But, hey, you can't change the past. We're 3-2 we're and since then. So, yeah, I think things are going good. Uh, I feel like the players are really starting to settle into their roles. And uh, I think the Quinn offense and the Quinn ball movement is is slowly but surely coming together. And, and I think it's only going to get better as the season progresses. So I'm excited. It's, 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 it's good vibes right now. Oh, yeah. No, man. Uh, like you said, Quinn's offense is rolling. We are currently second in the league in scoring right now. So can't can't be too upset with that. And, uh, you know, we're third in the East in the standings. So, I mean, I know it's early in the season, but, uh, you know, can't can't be too too disappointed when you look at the standings and you see us right there. So, um, I will say we're uh, 21st in three-point attempts so far this season. I'm only bringing that up because I do very much expect that number to, to rise as the season goes on. I think um, that is something that Quinn, you know, he's you've heard all of our players say that he just is constantly preaching, just shoot the three, shoot the three, shoot the three. So, um, I do expect us to have more three-point attempts going forward, but uh, but yeah, no, I'm really just bringing up that stat because it was a little shocking that we were as low as we were, but um, you know, the the game has changed. Every team is gonna emphasize a three-point shot at this point. Um, but you know, that three-point shooting percentage was a lot better in game three and game four for us. Uh, I know in the first game, I think we shot like 17% from three. Or yeah, so. it was terrible. It was awful. Uh, but game three and game four, we were both above uh I think 40% for both of them, which is awesome for a team. Um, and yeah, no, the three-point shooting is going to keep falling, guys. I, I think if there's anything at all that we can kind of point at is uh, maybe cause of concern is the three-point shooting. But that, that I'm telling you, will improve. Um, that's just going to come as the season goes. You get that, get get more into the season, and and they just start falling easier. Um, you know, and, and it's a perfect segue into the main point I want to talk about, which is our superstar, Trey Young. You know, Trey is um, leading the league in assists like he always does, leading the league in free throws made because there's there's no one that gets to the line like Trey Young at this point, man. You mentioned that last episode. There's no one that gets to the line like he does. Um, he's fifth in the league in assist percentage, which for all you advanced stats guys out there, that's a pretty advanced stat um, with the, the calculations that go into that one. So being fifth in that is is incredible. Um, but second in the league in, you know, missed field goals right behind Tyler Hero. No shot at Hero. Just think it's funny that after all the stuff that guy said this offseason, he's leading the league and missed field goals. Um, but, yeah, no, I'm, I'm honestly bringing that up with a smile on my face because I do not anticipate whatsoever that that will continue to be an issue for Trey. Trey, at this point, it's kind of a known thing, doesn't get up to the hottest start shooting-wise, scoring-wise at least. Um, but we're 3-2. and two. He is playing great basketball. If you only just look at his points, which I know a lot of basketball fans or at least the lower level basketball fans, that's what they're going to look at. Uh, but guys, I'm telling you, um, Trey Young is I, I, I said I said it going into the season. Um, I was more the team MVP uh, for, for my guess. But at this point, man, I think I may change it to 
Trey Young is going to be in MVP conversations. I, I I will go ahead. I know that's a little bit of a hot take, but I'm going to say that right now. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't go that far just yet because I, I do think his efficiency needs to uh, definitely improve vastly. Um, but as you mentioned, Mac, a lot of people are going to be box score watchers. They're going to see, oh, well, he shot, you know, five of 20 today or, you know, four of 16, whatever the case may be. And yeah, from that standpoint, it's not the best, but as we talked about on previous episodes, he's getting to the line, he's putting pressure on the defense and the playmaking. I cannot emphasize the playmaking enough. He's getting all of his teammates involved. He's setting up the offense for easy, high percentage shots, uh, open shots. Honestly, he should have a few more assists, but you know, you know, people like Clint Capella and some of our uh, other players aren't just converting on those open looks just yet. Um, but as the season progresses, I, I do think that percentage is going to go up. But yeah, I mean, Trey, in terms of just initiating the offense and setting up the guys and finding those open looks, that's what Trey does best. And Trey has even emphasized that in the past where assists is his favorite statistic. Like, yeah, the point per game is nice and getting 30 or 40, 50 points is really cool and all, but he himself said it best, <laughs> like the assists, the playmaking, that's like the favorite part, his favorite part of the game. So uh that's that's good to see. And that's what makes Trey so special is you have all these other types of point guards where you have really high scoring point guards or, or low scoring point guards that can get a lot of assists. Trey can do both at an elite level. So when his shot isn't falling uh, as well as we'd like to, he's still impacting the game with his playmaking, his ability to draw fouls, put pressure on the defense, get to the line. Um, but he's he's like a top two passer in the league, man. Like I, I know we sound a little biased because we're Hawks fans, but when you actually watch him play, like the play he had last night where he uh, beat his man off the dribble, attacked the basket, and there was like four guys surrounding him right under the rim, and he somehow – wrapped around and, and threw a pass behind a defender's back for a wide open DJ uh, three-point attempt and that went in. But like stuff like that, like that's not normal. You don't see plat passes like that. The way he's able to process the game, the way he knows like where each player is going to be or where he can anticipate a player is going to move to, to a certain spot. Like there's no better player in the league that, that does that at as high of a level as Trey Young does in terms of his passing. So it's great, man. It's great. And once his shot does start falling, like last night was actually a pretty solid game because he started off really hot. I think he started the game four for five from the field uh, with with one of two from three. But um, but yeah, man, like his his playmaking is just incredible. So that that's what's always going to be a factor, his passing. Like if a shot's not falling, he's never not going to be able to play make. And that's what makes him so dangerous. And that's why we're also winning games. Like, yeah, Trey's shot's not falling, but we're winning these games because he's making life easier for our other players to get easy buckets. So I'm happy. Oh, yeah. No, I'm I'm thrilled, man. You know, and <laughs> you kind of reiterate exactly what I was getting at. You know, the, the shot is going to fall, man. Like I'm, I'm positive Trey Young's efficiency will get there. His scoring will get there. One of my notes is 40 burger should be coming soon. You know what I mean? Like I, I, it, it'll, you know, I'm, I'm not worried about Trey Young scoring. And I guess I should say that the people that would vote for him for MVP are the same people that uh, are constantly trying to make him out to be this bad guy. So he probably won't win the MVP this year, but still, I was more getting at the level of play that he's playing at. I guess I should have rephrased it to, mm. I think this may be the best basketball this season that we'll, we'll see Trey Young play to this point in his career. So um, I'm excited, man. It's, it's, it's going to be a good year. It's going to be a good year. Uh, no doubt. Quinn, Quinn is making all, all the difference, man. 
Um, and, you know, speaking of Quinn, I, you know, the, the rotations that we've had this year so far, I've actually loved them, man. I would like to see AJ get a little bit more minutes, but you know, there's only one game where he's got over 10 minutes, but at the end of the day, man, you know, mo- at least in recent years, these championship winning teams, they don't have, you know, nine, 10, 11 man rotations. They probably do have an eight man rotation and it's eight incredibly solid dudes that, um, are more than likely playing at, you know, the prime of their careers, like we have with the Trey Young and Ajante. And you could argue uh, Bogey as well, playing at his, you know, prime the last couple of years, especially with the World Cup this last summer. Um, so really, man, you know, they made a rotation of, you know, Trey Young, Dejounte, uh, DeAndre, Sadiq, Jalen, uh, Clint, Anyeka, and Bogey. That that is one of the most solid eight man rotations in the league. Like I, that's something that. The Hawks don't get a ton of love nationally, but if you do go listen to some national media, they will say that the Hawks do have a very deep bench. So, oh, absolutely. And like I've, I've jumped on other people's podcasts and I've, I've spoken to some other people, uh, other content creators and reporters that aren't Hawks fans. And they, they're, they're starting to reiterate the same thing. Like, yeah, maybe like our top end talent isn't as good as some of these other elite teams. Like, yeah, we have Trey, we have DeJounte, and then it's kind of like a big drop off after that. Although DeAndre Hunter is kind of rising to that level, which we'll get into in a second. But yeah, in terms of just overall depth and talent, that eight-man rotation that you mentioned, Mac, that's that's really, really solid. Like we have eight starter quality players that that were rotating in and out at all times uh, of the game. And I can't think of many teams that have eight legitimate starter level players that are getting minutes. And, and that also reflects in the stat sheet because we're one of the few teams. I think we're the only team in the league right now. And I could be wrong that we have eight different players averaging double figures, eight different players averaging double figures, which just speaks to the testament of like how deep this roster is. And then, yeah, once you get past the eight, uh, eight man rotation, like AJ Griffin is kind of that like fringe guy where he's playing a little, but like you mentioned, he's not even really averaging 10 minutes a game. Uh, and he's our ninth man off the bench. So our first eight is solid, and I, I don't anticipate Quinn changing that anytime soon, barring any injury. But, like, you know, I know a lot of fans were really excited about, like, Muhammad Gay and uh, Kobe Bufkin. I don't think we're going to see much playing time from those guys. I think this eight-man rotation that you see now is most likely going to be solidified um, <clears throat> with with AJ, you know, slowly but surely creeping up on some minutes. But I think that core eight is going to be the most likely scenario that we see pretty much until the postseason. Oh, yeah. No, I completely agree. And, you know, exactly like you said, barring, you know, the occasional minor injury that I'm sure one of our players will have at some point in the year. You know, they're not going to stay completely healthy all 82 games. Um, that eight-man rotation, man, it just – I, I, you know, it's very early, early in the season, but if we can continue playing the solid basketball that we're playing with this eight-man rotation – we're gonna we're gonna be scary in the playoffs. That's all I'm saying. I know I know it's literally November second, so I'm not trying to get too ahead of myself. But yeah, yeah, let's 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 wait yeah. on the playoff top. I'm, I'm just saying though, just you know that, off, that that rotation will be scary, man, because it's also a rotation of guys that um, what is this the third year they've all been together at the at the least, excluding AJ. Like you know, yeah, AJ and Sadiq. Yeah, oh, Sadiq, you're right. I, I forgot about Sadiq. Excluding Sadiq, all these guys at a minimum have been together for the last three years. You know what I mean? Yeah. So they truly do have some chemistry. Um, you know, we were there on media day, man. Uh, Anyeka and uh, Jalen were boys, dude. It was it was hilarious watching them interact with each other because you could tell, like, when you're friends with somebody, you're like, 
I guess when you're pals with somebody, you're nice to them and you're polite. But then when you're like boys with somebody, you're messing with them the entire time. You're joking yeah. with them. You're calling them out on stuff. And and, those, and you those, see that on the court too, Mac. Like like those lineups where JJ and Onyeka are both playing, like the, the offense, the defense, everything runs smoother in my opinion. And I know a lot of fans are advocating for Onyeka to start and Jalen to start. Um, but And I do eventually think there will be some games where Quinn does give Onyeka the starting nod. Uh, it's still early in the season, and even though Clint Capella is missing a lot of bunnies that we're accustomed to seeing, he still makes an impact on the boards, you know, a rim protection. So those things can't go under the radar. Um, but, yeah, I'm excited. And another thing about Quinn that a lot of fans were upset about that I saw on Twitter last night was the fact that we were 2-0 when J.J. was starting at the four, and then we played the Wizards last night, and then Quinn changed the starting lineup back to the original starting lineup on opening night, which where he put Sadiq Bey at the four. Um, and I know a lot of people were scratching their heads, right? And, and I'm not going to lie, I was I was one of those people like, yo, why are we taking Jalen out? He's been balling for us. But I think this just speaks to the IQ of Quinn. Like against a, a young, fast team like the Wizards, he probably wanted a little bit more spacing. The Wizards out Daniel Gafford, they're not too big in size. So I think he just wanted Sadiq to start to space the floor a little bit more. Uh, but and, and we still won the game. We blew them out. So uh, that's a refreshing thing to see is the fact that your head coach is flexible and, and is uh, and can identify matchups and, and what players to start and what not to start. But like, even with that, Jalen was uh, still got 24 minutes last night. So it's not like he played a minor role coming off the bench. Um, so it's good to see, man. Like we're so used to Nate, like being so stuck in his ways and, and like, it's my way or the highway. This is the starting lineup and I'm not going to change anything, but it's refreshing to see Quinn, who's actually a smart basketball coach, like pick up on these little things and tinker and iterate the starting lineup. So it's, it's nice. I love it. Oh yeah. No, man. I, I, I love it too. And, um, you know, you, you said something during your comment about some people campaigning for Nyeka to be a starter. I think I probably am falling under that category at this point. Um, you know, you're probably going to guess the answer, but Alex, do you know who is leading the lead in offensive rating at this point in the season? I do not. Nyeka and Kongu, man. He is, uh, the, the dude is a stud. This is, this is, you know, me not saying that I don't want Clint to have, substantial minutes because I do because Clint Capella man he may not make it on that first attempt by the rim but he is going to get that offensive board I, I swear every single time he missed he's right there tipping it back in like because you're right man Clint can't control the boards that he is dominant at that you've seen him go up against some of the best in the league and he'll still be out rebounding them on the night so um you know, I don't want Clint to not play at all. I just kind of want the roles to switch, if that makes any sense. Where Onyeka's a starter, maybe he gets the additional five to seven minutes a game over Clint. Um, but again, as you were kind of just saying, Quinn is such a cerebral coach at the end of the day that, like, as a fan, dude, I'm going to trust his judgment on this. You know what I mean? Until he honestly, like Nate did, because, you know, we... <laughs> I'm going to stick up for Hawks fans about Nate real quick. We did not dislike that guy from the jump. We actually loved him. And we started to dislike him when we realized his coaching decisions just didn't make any sense. And when they didn't make sense and something bad happened, he had absolutely no accountability for it. So just saying, Quinn, you know, right now he's done absolutely nothing, actually the opposite to make me feel that, you know, oh, dude, like I can't trust his decisions with these rotations or I can't trust his decision on who to start because exactly like you said man the head scratching move of starting bay over uh Jalen last night 
Well, then you said, you know, they're missing Gafford. They're going to be a little smaller. They're a little bit younger of a team. We need to space the floor a little bit more. And, you know, honestly, that's probably what we're going to see a lot for the season here at the four. I, I really do think that, you know, come the 75th game of the season or the, the end of the season, that it's probably pretty split on who started at the four. I think the only way one of them actually solidifies that starting spot and is the you know, undisputed starter is if obviously either one of them just start going off, which at this point, if that's going to happen with one of the two, I would think that would probably be Jalen. Um, but again, I've, I'm okay with kind of the approach of, you know, the four is a little bit of a rotating spot right now because going into the season, that was probably the biggest question mark on our roster was who is going to be starting at the four. Um, so I'm, I'm okay with it. It's, you know, uh, still early in the season. We'll, we'll get that figured out. We'll get that figured yeah. out. Yeah, and, you know, and at this point, as long as we're winning games, like it doesn't – and I said this on on our weekly Spaces show. It's like you don't really need like – I think the term starter gets uh, a lot of emphasis, but like, you know, if, Jay, if Sadiq's starting one game and Jalen's closing out and he's playing better, he's, he's going to play more minutes. Quinn has shown that now that whoever is the hot hand or whoever's playing better that night is going to get more minutes. Fun fact for you guys – uh, so far, five games into the season, both Jalen Johnson and Sadiq Bey are exactly playing the exact same minutes, evenly distributed. They're both playing, uh, what, what, what was the number? 28.4 minutes per game for Jalen, 28.4 minutes per game for Sadiq Bey. So, again, Quinn Center is doing a really good job just kind of balancing between the two. It depends on who's hot and who's not. Uh, but overall, like you can't be upset at the the way he's handling these rotations. Um like they both bring different things to the table, right? Sadiq, obviously a better, more cerebral three-point shooter. Jalen is kind of a jack of all trades with his defense and his rebounding and his playmaking. And in my opinion, he's like top five most exciting players out in transition right now. And I like when him and Trey and DeJounte are all paired up together running that fast break. That's something that he does way better than Sadiq. Um, so we'll we'll see what happens. Jalen's actually leading the uh, the team in field goal percentage right now. So Jalen Johnson is actually number one on the team. He's shooting the ball 62.2% from the field, which is fantastic. Our second leading field goal percentage shooter is DeAndre Hunter at 55.5%. So um, Jalen's great, man. He's, he's really doing exactly what we need him to do. I do would like to see him. I would like to see him shoot, take more shots and shoot more shots and drive to the paint a little bit more. Cause even though he's, he's averaging the highest field goal percentage, he actually has the lowest shot attempts out of uh, most guys. So he's only averaging nine field goal attempts per game. You compare that to Trey at 17, DeJounte at 16 and a half, Dre at 12, uh, Bogey at 10, Sadiq at eight. So, yeah, hopefully, you know, as that field goal attempts rise up, Jalen will will ultimately score more points, too. So, yeah, all in all, you can't be mad. Like, I'm super happy and pleased with what we've seen with Quinn uh, in his rotation so far. Oh, yeah. No, just one one last little quick thing on it. The way I kind of viewed it is, you know, like when an NFL team will do like a uh, running back committee, right? There's there's obviously a starter on the depth chart. But if you look at the total number of carries, the starter got 12 the second stringer got 11 and then third stringer got like nine or something. Right. Like that's kind of how I'm viewing Sadiq and Jalen right now where, you know, we're, we're just, it's a committee at the four right now. And honestly it's working for us. So I don't see why we need to make any change. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, we'll, uh, we'll wrap up this episode on just a quick little preview of our next three games. 
Our next three games are all going to be on the road. The last one is actually in Mexico City against the Orlando Magic. As I've said before, I'll say it again. I just think that is so incredibly cool um, to be put on the international stage like that, and it'd be a regular season game at that. Um, but the other two are against the Pelicans and the Thunder. All three of those teams are either at 500 or above 500, uh, with the Magic being the only one that's at 500. Um, and Magic and Pelicans are both top 10 in defense. Uh so, well, currently, at least, you know, obviously that could change by the end of the season. But um, so honestly, man, it should be a, a, a nice little, a little, you know, uh, it's going to be a good test. It's going to be yeah, a, good a nice little test, man. So, um, you know, I, I I predict us, if I have to offer a prediction, probably going two and one uh, because of the teams we're playing. I winning all three, you know, I don't want to sound too biased with my prediction. <laughs> right, um, right. Uh, so I, I see us going two and one, probably dropping one of them. Uh, the only note I'll say on it real quick before I hand it over to you, the Timberwolves actually do lead the league in uh, scoring defense right now. And we just dropped, what was it, 130 on them or 127 on them. So uh, point being is I'm not too worried about the Magic leading the league in defense right now. So Yeah, and funny enough, I think the Magic are actually probably going to be the toughest test. Good young team. They have a lot of young talent. And uh, they're, they're just playing, like, fearless basketball right now. And we saw it, like, they they pushed, who, who was it, the Lakers to, to like, the brink. Um, so, yeah, they're, they're a good team. I, I think that's going to be a good test. But, yeah, I think these next, not only these next three games, but these the stretch of the next five games is going to be a good litmus test to see kind of where this team is. Um, and the last thing I want to mention, just because I have to show him some love because I've been very critical of his game, is number 12, DeAndre Hunter, um, if you guys have followed Hawks fan TV on Twitter for a while, like I've, I've, you know, I've been fairly critical of, of Dre over the years. Right. And, and rightfully so. I think it was justified because we took him fourth overall and he just didn't quite live up to the hype. And sure, you could blame that on Lloyd Pierce. You can blame that on, on Nate McMillan uh, on the developmental stunt. But right now this season, man, he's our third leading scorer on elite efficiency. He's averaging 18 points per game on 55% shooting and 40% from the three. Last night was a really good example of why I have, I'm buying stock into Dre. Number one, last season, if Dre got off to a really slow start and he wasn't getting calls and he, you know, he, he was like, you know, one of five, one of six from the field, that kind of trickled over into the second half, right? And he wasn't really making that much of an impact. Last night, he started the game one and seven from the field. Uh, and then, Right after that, he got a couple of uh, e easy and one opportunities, of course, that that were set up by Trey Young. Uh, and, I, and after those two and one plays, I think he kind of really took over, especially in that fourth quarter when they were making that little fake comeback. And, and Dre would, would was making some tough shots like he was ISO, you know, sp you know, spotting up and, and, and pulling up off the dribble, draining threes, posting up fadeaway shots in the mid range. He looked great. And if, if we get this type of Dre moving forward for the full like 82 game stretch, then I think this team is going to be really special. Um, and not only is his point per game production going up and his efficiency is, is through the roof, but he's also chipped in five rebounds. That was one of the big knocks that I had on him uh, in previous years was he's six, eight, you know, two thirty. You know, a really long, tall, freakish athlete, but he's not getting any boards. So I'm glad that his, his rebounding is up five rebounds per game. And he's also averaging almost two assists per game as well, which would be significantly higher than anything he's done in previous seasons. So um, Dre, you know, he gets my player of the week vote this week because he's just been he's lip. He's just 
flown by all my expectations I had from him. So hopefully it's sustainable, Mac, but I'm, I'm loving what I'm seeing from DeAndre and I'm absolutely loving what I'm seeing from DeJounte as well. Um, I think that confidence is slowly starting to build up. And this is the the DJ that we wanted to see all last season. He had he had moments where he was dropping 30 points, 40 points for us. And then some nights he would have like 12 points, 13 points. I want to see aggressive DeJounte for a full 82-game stretch. That's what's going to take this team to the next level. So I'm excited, man. I'm looking forward to these next few games. Oh, yeah, man. It's it's going to be fun. Uh, you know, I I said this last year at this point in the season. I was like, it's going to be a fun season. It ended up not being a super fun season. I feel a lot different saying it this year, man. It's I'm hey, the Quinn effect, baby. The Quinn took the words out of my mouth, man. I literally was like, it's called the Quinn effect, man. It's called the Quinn effect. Yes, so, yes, sir. Um, so yeah, no, uh, we will we'll wrap up that this episode on that. As always, we want to thank you guys for giving us the support, listening to our podcast, reading our articles. Be sure to check out all of our articles at hawksfantv.com. Be sure to follow us on Instagram and X as well at HawksFanTV. That's where you'll find a bunch of other content. That's where we do our weekly spaces, as Alex mentioned as well. And uh you know, I, admittedly, sometimes those get a little wild. So it's it's always fun, man. It's always fun. Always um, a good time. Oh, yeah. So uh, as always, thank you guys for support and just be uh, be on the lookout for more, guys. Yes, sir. Go Hawks. Go Hawks, baby.